0: Welcome to the LodgeCast, the official podcast show of Gentlemen'sAvenue.com. I'm your host, Mr. M. We're at the Lodge in Whittier, California. We're on the 13th floor of Whittier's tallest building. We're on the penthouse suite, folks. We can overlook downtown L.A. You can see Catalina Island from here. It's a beautiful day today. You're tuned in to episode 22 OK, we have a great guest lined up for you. We have Pastor Phil Aguilar. I mean, this guy's uh, has uh, he's done a lot of work in Orange County. You guys are going to want to stay tuned and find out about him and see what's going on today. So that episode will be coming up a little bit later. Today is September 30th, 2017. You can find us on our website at gentlemensavenuecom forward slash the Lodgecast on social media, on Instagram at Lodgecast on Twitter at the Lodgecast. And remember, all of these, okay, we have a podcast, which is the audio only portion. Then we have a vodcast, which is the video. So if you want to go ahead and check out the video of this episode, you can tune into that. All of them are available, not only on our website, but on iTunes, Google Play, and you could stream, you can download. Okay. So remember, support by subscribing and uh, spread the word. So let me give you the latest and greatest. Uh, it's been a crazy week. Uh, There's some cool things coming up ahead that you guys are going to want to stay tuned for. Uh, This week, some folks from Japan will be in town, and uh, they're coming over, and uh, I'm really excited. Uh, My good friend, Mr. Abe, who I've never met from uh, Kawasaki, he'll be in town, so a few barbers will be here and visiting on the LodgeCast, and you know, maybe just we'll hang out a bit, and uh, not like before, uh, or I think it was last year with Masa, and uh, we, we... We uh, devoured a whole tray of ceviche. Uh, Apparently, he really likes it. So we'll see what these guys like eating. And so you're going to want to stay tuned for that episode coming up. And I'm really excited because, I mean, this is a guy who I've never met. I mean, I've been talking to him for years online. He supports everything I do. He's always posting uh, shirts and I mean, everything. He spreads the word there in Japan for me. So, anyways, I'm looking forward to meet him. So, I mean, that really helps lift up my spirit, man. I mean, no matter whatever I'm going through, uh, you know, this comes back to. You know, it really is a form of therapy for me, man. It's something that gives me something to do. Uh, for those of you that do know what's going on, you know what time it is. And But you know what I mean? It really does. It just gives me that sense of purpose of going, you know what? Uh, there's something going on and there's good stories, good stories to be told. And I'm all about that. You know what I mean? I'm not about the hype, not about the BS that's out there in the world. There's already enough of that. Uh, you could turn on the news and you're going to just be drowned out by you know, madness and insanity. And and I'm not into all that. So it's cool to be able to bring people here today, you know, into the show because you guys get to tune in to watch and learn about these folks, uh, learn about their lives, learn about their stories or whatever they got going on in their accomplishments. So anyways, uh, so that's what I got going on this week. Uh, so, you know, it's really, uh, as much as, uh, you know, this podcast, you know, it, it, it really is something else for me. Anyways, thank you guys all for supporting. And hopefully you guys are all doing well. Uh, you know, you guys can always, I know some people message me and you know, if whatever you want, you just want to sit there and comment or give me feedback or something you want to see specifically, go ahead and contact me. Uh, you can always DM me or you can look on the website and send me an email. So anyways, without further ado, I'd like to invite pastor Phil Aguilar onto the set. Come on down, pastor.
1: Here we are. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah,
0: we're, we're, uh, how was the uh, 13th floor? Uh, the elevator was Hey,
1: there? it's crazy, man. Exciting. <laughs> oh, no, I love it. Love it. It's an honor to be here.
0: <laughs> yeah, th- this time uh, I told him to make the ice sculpture, uh, the statue of David, you know. <laughs> hey,
1: sounds good. Sounds good.
0: We don't want the cherubims up today. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so we have Pastor Phil Aguilar. Yes. You want me to call you Pastor Phil or just Phil Aguilar?
1: Well, actually, my nickname, most people call me, is Chief. Chief. I like to go by the chief. That okay. pastor gets people to thinking too many holy thoughts or any judgmental thoughts. So I yeah. just go by chief.
0: Yeah. The, the, yeah. A lot of people are probably listening to this episode and probably going, huh? There is a pastor on. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, something that somebody, most people don't know about me and something that I revealed in the last episode that I released. I had a, a guy here, Brandon McPeak. He's a barber musician. And uh, in that episode, you know, Obviously, we like talk, you know, in, in the conversation, you talk about what's what interests you. Yeah. And uh, we talked a lot about the divine. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I ended up revealing that a lot of people don't know uh, that I went to graduate school. And so there's wow. there's probably <laughs> I've probably forgotten more things than most people. And it's not a good thing. But th- that's part of my life. That
1: is oh, beautiful. Yeah. You, know hey. what I mean?
0: you can't separate it.
1: Yeah, the divine's a whole big thing, whether people uh, want to accept it or not. You know. it's, it's there. Yeah, and we all yeah. wonder about things like that.
0: Well, you know, it's it's, it's amazing because your life, uh, I ended up, I was telling you earlier, I ended up, uh, You. they did a documentary on you, and I ended up watching it. And, you know, it was interesting to learn about your life because, I, and, and, I, and I want people out there, to when they hear this, first, right away, understand there's a difference between religion and then there's God. Yes. I honestly believe it's religion that hurts people. God is not out to like smash us as far as I know.
1: Yeah. I feel the same way about it. Like I said, religion, all these rules this, and you always think God's mad at you. Mm -hmm. And uh, spirituality really is, is connecting with this God that just loves us so much. So Mm -hmm. it's totally different things. No doubt about it. Yeah. See, I'm
0: more about like what the world needs is less religion more spirituality
1: oh yeah that's it
0: which that's is it. to me i i mean what do you what do you what do you believe spirituality is
1: well like i said i, I you know I, you know all i knew was once i was totally lost and and i know that it was god you know that you know as well as i knew who he might be up there somewhere that type mm-hmm. of thing all i know is he pulled me up out of a pit and I, I started cracking open you know the bible i started uh going to AA and NA meetings. I started looking for mentors, people who had been down the road of life before and Mm -hmm. uh, looking for help. And uh, it's just been one day at a time. And and God's always revealing new things to me, but I'm into the whole spirituality, like I said, through watching kids, through watching nature, life uh being around people like i says Mm -hmm. you know who's speaking to my life uh Mm -hmm. yeah it's a whole different thing now you know in the old in the old days like i said somebody go the bible says not already nowadays that turns off 90 percent of people listening Mm -hmm. or church houses can they say come as you are but as soon as you come there and if your boobs are hanging out or your ass is hanging out Mm -hmm. or something like that then hey put on this do this i mean it's There's a lot of rules, Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, guidelines that, like I said, I don't think God's all about. I'm all into the, you know, the kingdom of heaven is within you. So Mm -hmm. we all can hear God. We know what's good and what's right and that type Mm -hmm. of things. What gives us peace? What gives us joy? And, you know, what makes us not be able to go to sleep? So, yeah, I'm into the whole spirituality part of things. That's it for me.
0: Which is like that embodiment.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's exciting. I got sunshine on a cloudy day because my mindset, you know, mm-hmm. and that changes my mood set and that changes the message of how I'm going to live every day. Mm-hmm. So it's all those type of things. And all truth is God truth. So you can learn it from everybody and mm-hmm. anybody, you know, it's a cool thing.
0: Well, I think that that's your life. Uh, tell us a little bit about your life.
1: Well, like I says, my documentary, it's uh, two hours, but that's put in 70 years. I've lived 70 years on this earth now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Which like, is amazing, right? Yeah, it's amazing, it really. <laughs> is I, I never, I what an old guy like this, mm-hmm. and I spend and I've spent almost the last uh, thirty-five years of ministry working with people from the ages eighteen to twenty-five in the youth. So I'm, you know, I'm mm-hmm. hearing hip, hip-hop, rap, this that. Like I says, all that music that goes along with it. But my life's been one. Uh, you know, the first thirty years, my life was uh, filled with uh, anger, pissed off at God, pissed off at my mom. Family broken up and I just turned a, a life full of drugs and violence. And at about 30 years old, that's when, uh, you know, I got incarcerated and stayed prison and I had time to think about things. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I really thought about life and how I'd hurt people and all the, the people that I said I loved. I, I did the worst to. And uh, I was a black sheep all the way, like I was a square peg, not fitting in a round hole, all that. You know, I was uncomfortable with who I was. And so I took it out on everybody around. Mm -hmm. But once I I had an encounter with God, and just in a spiritual way, like I said, hey, God, I don't know who you are, what you are, but hey, I'm ready. And I found out God doesn't read lips, He reads hearts. He Mm -hmm. knew I was ready to change things around but i was ready to put in the work so that's when i started going to meetings that's when i started going to church that's when i started getting around people like i said who could pull me up to another Mm -hmm. level of life
0: so you because you were from what from watching and i encourage everybody to watch the documentary i found it on amazon uh and they can go to the website and find it which you guys get all that information later um but you know you were drugs um crazy lifestyle as far as i could tell like biking bikers and, yeah. you know living that crazy lifestyle because you had something wrong with you
1: yeah <laughs> i mean basically i mean it was like you were out of control i was totally out of control the oldest of seven kids like i said no dad around like i says just not feeling anything so just uh i had made declarations on life you know you know i remember when Things were going so bad in my life, but then I found this girl. I thought she was the answer, a little red-headed Andy, loved her to death, and then she burnt me, betrayed me, and I can remember at 15 years old saying, I'll never trust another woman again. I'll never trust anybody again. Nobody ever better mess with me. So I made that affirmation, that declaration mm-hmm. that this is how it's going to be, and I paid the price for it because, like I said, for the next 13, 14 years, it went from every drug to finally becoming a A heroin addict, you know, Mm -hmm. coming down to 123 pounds, hepatitis ridden body and locked away for a 10 year sentence in state prison. So uh, that lifestyle didn't work. So I was finally really sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. And I started uh, looking for a way out. And I found out that God had people he put into my life. And I was willing to sit down and pay attention Mm -hmm. and not think that I knew it all. Mm -hmm. and um it's been quite a journey but even after i got got into my life you know i've been a bad boy for jesus you know i'm uh,
0: well i i I, uh we had a i had a little bit of a technical difficulty so i'm going to show it to you on my phone but the folks will see it the image will appear to your to your right on the on the podcast so this is the individual who ministered to you right Yes. Well, you were incarcerated.
1: Right. That was a Chino State Prison. That's the man that came in there and shared Jesus with me. And his name is? Glenn Morrison.
0: Glenn Pastor Glenn Morrison. So, which I found interesting because not only you grew up in Anaheim. Right. And I grew up in the city next door, essentially, Placentia. You had uh, Mr. Morrison minister to you. So here's this, basically this white guy. Yeah. In the prisons, right? Right. <laughs> he looks pretty straight, and narrow, oh, right? All the way. <laughs> right. And the person that you know really started ministering to me as a, as a teenager in my wayward days was some white lady from Lodi, California. <laughs>
1: Who would know? Who would know? And, who and
0: would know? she's 70-something right now. Still, she goes into jails, hospitals. Yeah.
1: And, and it's the oddest thing, right? It is. It <laughs> is. Like, God knows how to send a minister. A lot of people go, who was it? Some gang-banging t- tattoo <laughs> guy that met. No, it's a white, heavy, ball-headed guy that come in and, you know, <laughs> thought I was stupid for doing drugs, you know? So, yeah. The oh. person that
0: you would think is the least likely to actually reach you on a level that you you know what i, I mean? was
1: ripe for the picking that's why i tell people you never know don't let anybody fool you by yeah. the outward appearance because you don't know what's going on inside of the mm-hmm. heart people are all looking for love no yeah. doubt
0: so here you are you, you you went you were in prison um and mr morrison comes to you and so we you weren't married at the time though right
1: no no uh, i'd uh, my girlfriend who i'm now married to I had robbed her of every physical mm-hmm. thing, emotional thing, every material thing in her house. So by that time, it was a "Hey, Chief, I hate your gut" letter I got when I was in prison. When mm-hmm. I started out the journey,
0: and so he, I mean, one thing I think that for people out there listening to understand, it's I've I've always been of the mindset that people don't go to God because they're weak, like uh, they're not badasses or something. I think it's cause they've lived such a badass life that they broken.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's you
0: that's, know what I mean? I, I don't think it's cause you know, some people go like oh that guy's carrying a Bible now or he has a whatever, goes to church, like it's a weakness.
1: No, not at all. To
0: me, it's like, no, that guy actually burned out. He <sighs> lived so
1: hard. Hey, I used to have a. We used to have saying. I was a biker all those years, so I used to say, "Ride hard, die young, a good-looking corpse." Well, that <laughs> didn't work out, like I said. So, yeah. but that's exactly it. You just get going. You do everything, every kind of scandalous, I mean, sneaky, deceiving behavior, and then one day you look at it and go, "Man, you know what? It was really. I'm telling you, being a real soldier was for me to stand up in a prison." dorm room there when they said anybody want to take jesus into mm-hmm. your life to stand up there that was like going to battle man with the biggest enemy i'd ever went to and just standing up for the right thing was the most difficult thing in my mm-hmm. life but once i stood up man a new uh, courage mm-hmm. came to me you know a new Lifestyle, you know, determination. But that was just the beginning. Like I said, I was just a baby, just being born again. Now, the metamorphosis from the caterpillar to the butterfly was just beginning. So, <sighs> let me tell you, it's been a journey. It's been 40 years now <laughs> since. And I didn't realize when I signed up for God's army that I would be getting my ass kicked all the time and I'd be still. Not having it together, you know. I had so many things to work through, man, you know. Jeez. And so your wife. how long have you
0: guys been married now?
1: Forty years. Forty years just and celebrated I, forty years together. That we call her everybody calls her Saint Sandra for putting up with my shit in there for these forty years, let me tell you.
0: And I do have a picture that'll be up on the screen. So that's on the left side is what?
1: That's where we got married in state prison right there, <laughs> yes. And then this is us just recently, you know. But, oh, yeah, she uh, she heard I changed my life and, and she came to visit me and she heard from the other inmates and people go, man, he's changed. Mm-hmm. And so she was looking for a better life, too. And so we got married in there and uh, that started our, our journey together. We've been together all these years through the good, the bad and the ugly. She's the other day I told her, "Boy, you've been on a roller coaster ride with me, honey." She goes, "Yeah," and I felt like throwing up a whole lot of times. You know this. Uh, Why is it? Get me off this. Ride? Yeah, yeah. This give your life to God and everything's wonderful. That's bullish. You know, I mean, that just ain't how it is. I, I want
0: to sign up for that program.
1: Yeah, I, and I hear people trying to tell people that nowadays, and I go, man, it, just just to get a reaction out of something, you got to tell them, hey, like I said, it's it's a beginning. You know you're not alone. You got a God with you that loves you and he's not mm. going to leave you. But man, I'm telling you, this journey is hardcore.
0: Like the uh Dietrich Bonhoeffer he says when God calls a man to follow him, he calls him to die. Yeah. I mean, imagine telling people that like, hey, you know what? Guess what? You're you're going to suffer probably a whole lot, but that's not about you. Yeah. And I, like I said, it's to me it's the message of and because I always tell people I, I, one thing about me is this podcast was literally birthed out of one of the most traumatic events in my life Mm. a massive back injury that has just totally flipped my life upside down and i said it in the beginning and i still say it i'm sitting there in my house and everything that i was able to do i was no longer able to do right films magazines all the stuff i was in and so i went through like I went through hell mentally, emotionally, spiritually.
1: Life changing. And,
0: and I'm sitting there in my kitchen, just like down on the ground. I mean, mentally, everything. And I remember I just said, "God, is this it? Like, what kind of program is this? Like, this is not a good plan. Like, you're you're not listening to my suggestions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the the suggestion box is really just a big shredder. You yeah. Know? And I sat there. And I, and I'm, and I'm begging going, is this, is that all? Am I done? And literally as just as I, you and I are talking and people could say what they want. I don't care because it happened to a podcast and I'm sitting there going, I don't even know what these things are. I don't know how these things work. I have an idea of what they are, but I've never even listened to a podcast. So within three weeks we, we were able to secure the 13th floor in <laughs> <laughs> hey. and, and, and every story, which I'm sure you know that in your life too, when you're doing what you're supposed to, it's not a whole lot of effort. Things work out the way they're supposed to. Yes. Right. And, and for me, because now here you are on the podcast and to me it's like, I look at it as hopefully people out there, if they could be encouraged, man, this isn't about religion. This isn't like you know you're a mm. sinner, you're 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 evil, and you're you know whatever. I, I look at it as hopefully people can tune in and and feel inspired, and yeah. then because it's not up to you or me what happens with people's lives. That's right. I wish it was because then I could talk to my kids. Somewhere. Yes, I hear you
1: there. <laughs> let me tell you, now.
0: right? We can't. Uh, we we are not the authors of anybody's fate. That's right. And I think that's the, but, but through the hard things you've gone through. So, and I remember, I remember reading in the paper, I mean, set free was doing people need to realize set free was like revolutionizing.
1: It was a movement, brother. It was, it
0: was huge. I mean, to say the least in orange County, I, it was a big, big movement. People were flocking and going. I mean, it was, uh, and I, and I remember it because I was a teenager and then hearing about it and that there was people that I knew that were hardcore, not, you know, weaklings or, you know, whatever, flunkies. These were people are hardcore and whose lives were being changed and impacted by the ministry you had. I'm,
1: st- I'm still amazed when I, I think back on it, because like I says, uh, a lot of people, when it was happening, I was in the midst of it. People go, what's going on here? I mean, people would save seats on a Saturday night so they could sit there on, you know, old chairs and, and uh in bleachers made out of two by fours mm-hmm. on Sunday morning. I mean and it was thousands and people were coming. Every kind it was the Noah's Ark church, you know, mm-hmm. every two footed beast and creeping, crawling thing was in that place. People loving it. And then the people wouldn't leave after church stay for hours. Mm-hmm. I mean it was just it was a movement of God. It was a season of God. It was a time for God. And when people try to tell me how it happened, I go, This is really a totally a god thing. Mm-hmm. Really. I just showed up and uh did what, what I that just was me, you know. But like it says it was amazing all the lives that have changed and till this day on Facebook I hear from people all over the world mm-hmm. who are doing ministry, doing wonderful things. So it was crazy. It was crazy.
0: Yeah, and I mean I, I uh in in the process of researching and this is where I think for me it also left uh I think uh, I kind of maybe resent what people have done uh, to you in a way Mm. because I ended up reading an article from, I don't know, maybe the 90s or 2000s with, uh, what's what's his name, Fong or? Odin Fong. Odin Fong. And I read it and I thought, so the machine was threatened. The machine took action. And I think that is disastrous. And what I'm referring to if anybody's out there who's unaware, what ended up happening to you and was done against you was a purposeful act to demonize you. Yeah. By a church. Mm -hmm. The, I think at the time, the biggest church in Orange County.
1: Right. I
0: don't know if Crystal Cathedral was bigger, but. They ministry wise, church wise, affiliate wise, because of somebody complaining, because of ulterior motives.
1: Yeah, it's a you know, you've probably heard it said before. The Lord uh, protect me from your followers. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> I you know, I didn't have problems from the heathen. You know, I I had to, good church people, good wonderful people, but uh, somebody who I believe was just. Jealous because set free was bringing people from their church. I mean, they were coming by the hundreds from their church. Coming,
0: yes, that was the irony. So I'm reading this article. So remember, this is I don't remember what what news source it was. Might have been the Register or Weekly. Mm-hmm. Somebody. So it was an independent. It wasn't like a religious slant. It was right. it was, a, it was kind of like an investigative report, and they were saying how they this church uh, started this big mega church in Orange County was the ones referring people that didn't fit into their church yeah to your church and i mean i read it when i read that line of they were referring people from their church to your church because they didn't fit in i thought i don't think they read any of the words in red <laughs> because it's impossible yeah i don't know how that can be that's incongruous that's a square peg in a round hole how you can say there's people we're going to turn away because they don't belong here.
1: They don't fit in. So then this it's when they point the finger and go, those people, you know, uh, purposefully. Yeah. Set free. You take those people. Yeah. We took, you know, people go, what kind of special gift do you have? I go, it's called the gift of inconvenience. Mm. We just, when Jesus said, whoever we just take whoever. And that's why I'm saying at the time, they, the hardest part is because like I says, when somebody starts bad mouthing another church, or just stuff like that. They're messing with God's kids. And, um, like I said, I learned a lot through it, but I had to learn a lot about forgiveness and not getting bitter and all those things like that. But yeah. it was my own Christian brothers that uh, came against me. and but that happened with Joseph and his brothers threw him in the pit, you know, and uh, so you know, I've really learned like so much through it, although, like I says, it's a lot of good things that happened through it, you know, so I'm excited about life,
0: yeah, but for me, I, I it's one of those things that still just chops my hide. you know what <laughs> I mean? like, Because it's kind of like when you see behind the curtain, and you're like, wait a minute, Oz is just this vertically challenged man.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like,
0: what the hell? Like,
1: what is this? Well, the same person that led this, Odin fellow, God bless his heart, but the same one, everything he was allegedly accused me of, he got busted for. Did he really? he got busted. Yeah, his marriage, this, that, he got... I mean, the whole thing, lost its position, the whole thing, because sometimes when we dig a hole for somebody else, we got to be careful. We're going to fall in it, and he did, and I'm not happy about that. I Mm. pray for him. I love him. I reached out to him, give him a hug, all that stuff, but uh, it happened, you know, and those are the things that we've done and that we've just got to be accountable for. But, uh, no, in the hood – you remember back in the days they go, mm-hmm. you know, some gangster would say, "Hey, where are you from?" SA or something mm-hmm. like that, and you got to answer the right thing, or it's going to be trouble. Yeah. In the church, it's a little bit different. Now, hey, brother, where do you fellowship? What <laughs> church you go to? And if you don't say the right name, there's trouble still. Yeah, know, there's nothing <laughs> like uh bloody sunday sunday mornings you know churches everywhere are all everybody oh talking god. about everybody's church uh, I hang out with a guy named Tim Story now cuz he I cuz he's the most non-judgmental man mm-hmm. of god I know but still everybody falls short I don't want to get around gossipers or this or that or putting mm-hmm. on people because it just hey it's a waste of time but uh it's a rough crowd the the you know Christians, I mean, well, human beings are the most dangerous species on planet Earth, anyway. Mm-hmm. And just because somebody's a Christian, hey, they're still you know a work in progress. No. Yeah. and so uh, you know that that love thing's got to go a long, long ways. Well, and that's the
0: irony for me is that because there's probably a lot of people out there that have been hurt at church. Oh yeah, I you know, and I and I, and I say, and it's it's sad that that word actually is going to you know symbolize that the machine, but. And here you are. You went through that. Not only did you go through that kind of uh, affliction, I mean, I, I honestly look at that as, oh, an, yeah. oh, a, as yeah. a major
1: it was. purposeful
0: it was. act. It wasn't an accident.
1: No, they burnt my family, myself, ministry, everything, no doubt.
0: Because, I mean, and we didn't name the church. So, nobody, if people want to find out, they can look it up and find it. We didn't say the church's name. But it was such a conspiracy that they, they, plastered walls with with your all these allegations to demonize you so here you are you're you believe you're doing god's work (laughs) here's this church not accusing you of a criminal act no not not taking you to civil court no there's no lawsuits these are all willing adults in your church Nobody's there by force. Right. (laughs) Nobody. I mean, that's the thing. I I had a conversation with somebody and and I said, you know, uh, Pastor Phil's going to come. I'm going to have him on. And so they initially started. And I said, you know what? It's easy to sit there and say something about him because of the poison that's been put in the air. You are the one drinking the Kool-Aid, man. Because if you bother to take the time to look, man, this is like getting jumped. (laughs) <laughs> like, seriously, going to this, like I, I can't even it, it's like the worst to me. I look at it as the worst betrayal because these are the ones that aren't supposed to. Not only did you endure that, but then you got involved with TBN.
1: Yeah. Trinity <laughs> Broadcasting
0: Network, which if anybody's interested, you should Google it because it was a opulent. But they did a lot, man. I mean, they they believed in you.
1: Yeah, they did. Jan Crouch, Paul Crouch. Hey, let me tell you. They, they were a blessing to me. You know, it's just uh, when they got me to have my own TV program, it's a blessing and a curse to mm-hmm. to be high media then because this is, you know, just Inside Edition, a few of those little things. They didn't have any TMZ then and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but they still had their stuff. But they were really good to me. They were really good to me. And believe me, I was uh, definitely a, a different flavor than they were used to. They're used to all their little country people and mm-hmm. Pompadour or Pentecostal people. Mm-hmm. And here comes this. Biker, tattooed guy, radical for Jesus, mm-hmm. street person, and uh, but that, was, that was kind of they were over at my house all the time. I mean, they just really they knew they could relax with me, you know, and not get judged or anything too, because they had a high power position. I mean, that's the strongest mic on planet Earth is TBN. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's jumped on board, even that church and all those churches yep. that used to. They all jumped on board with TBN now, you know. So
0: and so they're they're there. You're involved with them at this point. And then they put you on the board, right?
1: Right. (laughs) I was one of the five board members, three with their family and one other one. And I was a minority. So that gives you more power stations if you're a minority putting you on the board. Yeah, because the FCC, you
0: you need to, you know, diversity. Yeah. So I added
1: a lot of juice to them. But they also knew, you know, what am I going to do? You know, whatever you want to do, let's do it. I mean, you know, (laughs) they knew I was for them.
0: You're you're on it. They get whatever stations they needed. Extra stations, because now they're diverse. You're right. the only brown face. That's it, exactly. The only brown face there. But on paper, of course, and in the filings, it's diversity. So they get their stations. What do they do after to you?
1: Uh, well, when trouble started coming my way, uh, you, you don't want to get any, um, you know, when you're as big as they are, you know, uh, they just told me, hey, listen, and, you know, until the controversy settles uh, we have to drop you, you know, we have to put you low profile. And so literally, uh, it took me off the board. It took me off being on the station and, uh, uh, told him, I says, you guys kind of leave me here laying on the side of the road right now because you know, it's media going against me and I, I need to be on there so I can share my side of the story. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of, you know, I didn't get mad at him. I was sad about it. You know, Talked to Paul Jr and the family and, uh, Basically, they just said, "Hey, you got to realize there's life after TBN." So, but you uh-huh. called them out, right? Yeah. And you
0: you called them out on what they did.
1: Yeah, I definitely called them out on what they did you on know? using you. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, it wasn't right, and I. But that's what happens when the machine mm-hmm. gets going. Uh, not going to let anybody stop them, you know. And so I was one of the casualties of what happens when um, they're thinking of their. Business Because mm-hmm. it, it was a billion-dollar business even then, yeah. you know, in the 90s when I was on the board. So, uh, you know, I, I confronted them in the best way as I could with, you know, mm-hmm. trying to be Christian-like and nice and all that stuff. But I was pissed off, you know. So I uh, had to move on from there. And, uh, and then my, you know, I stayed um, upset for a few months. I was, you know, a little bitter but God, bitter at them, bitter at Christians especially. And mm-hmm. so I moved to Venice Beach in 1994 mm-hmm. and thought I'd just blend in over there, but that didn't work. I'd had people coming after me. Hey, Pastor Phil, hey, can you pray for me? Hook me up. And the next thing you know, I get a call from uh, another big uh, megachurch pastor, this guy named Tommy Barnett, mm-hmm. who is the Assembly of God, huge guy in the world. And uh, he wants to do a thing called the Dream Center in L.A. So next thing you know is, i take my troops we move up to la and uh, i was the first one to move on this property off of the hollywood freeway mm-hmm. a place called the los angeles international church and dream center now mm-hmm. and uh, uh i helped pioneer the beginning of that got back in action and uh you know things were rolling again going powerful again and uh then some of the wreckage from the past came up i had a lawsuit in 98 had to deal with um few ladies from the church, uh, you know, said that I was a cult leader, so I went through that whole thing again, you know, and Mm. the courts threw it out, you know, because like you said earlier, I mean, people could leave anytime they wanted, Mm -hmm. but uh, people were looking to sue, you know, lawsuits were getting plentiful, people looking to sue to get money and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I've just kept moving forward, helping plants, set free churches, doing things, healing from the wounds Mm -hmm. and uh, definitely, you know, a black cloud hanging over my head at all times, you know, with people going, I heard this about him. I heard that I'm very Google bull, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's all that kind of stuff. And uh, then got, you know, got rolling again, but in 2006, probably about 2006, Uh, I started really focusing on the motorcycle ministry part of our group. Mm -hmm. And we started a group called the Set Free Soldiers. Mm -hmm. We had the coolest bikes, the coolest patches. And there were people all over that were bikers from the outlaw biker Mm -hmm. world who were going, man, Pastor Phil and the Set Free Soldiers, they're Christians, but don't mess with them, man. They'll beat your ass, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at first I go, no, man, we're just all about God and everything like that. But then all of a sudden my – next problem that came up my life was this pride problem came Mm -hmm. up again and pride's the worst drug that you can use you know Mm -hmm. be part of i tell people i asked ronda rousey about that you know and she went Mm -hmm. into the big ufc ring you know you know pride goes before the fall you know the fall so there i was we were riding around doing our motorcycles and uh, we just started literally like my daughter mentioned to me she goes in the documentary you You started getting more involved in set free soldiers than being about God. And I became a legend in my own mind again. And I had these motorcycle groups. And I happened to um, irritate the biggest motorcycle group in the world, the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club, which Mm -hmm. is a gigantic, notorious group. But uh, we ended up getting an incident with them Um, a barroom fight, of all things, in Newport Beach, not a biker bar, but. I was uh, kind of in their territory, and next thing you know, I mean, biggest Raid in Orange County history went worldwide, blew up our servers on our internet, everything like that, but uh, worldwide that thing went, and I'm locked up uh, on a million-dollar bail mm-hmm. for attempted murder, street terrorism, rico whack, you name it. I mean, the beautiful Anaheim police, the Mickey Mouse uh, Club sponsored group, you know, uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Here I am. So I'm now in Orange County Jail with nine of my separate soldiers in 2008, which was just celebrated nine years ago. And um, it was a great thing because at first I was going, I, I, tell, I was telling people I was in jail, I was at the wrong place the wrong time. But I knew I was going to the wrong place. God had spoke to me. I, I wouldn't go there. It might not be good. It's not your neighborhood. I knew, but. That time, my pride mm-hmm. got me to ain't nobody can tell me where I can go. So I go over there. Next thing I know, like I said, the raid happens. My wife, grandkids, everybody's out in the street. My wife's handcuffed in the paddy wagon. And they. this was before Sons of Anarchy had come on the scene. Mm-hmm. So we were the black and white patch, all black motorcycles like Sons of Anarchy has. But we did it before then. And the mm-hmm. police said, well, they look like a gang. this and Now they beat up the Southern Motorcycle Club, but they got to be having prostitutes and drugs and this and that. So they came and raided our whole block, five homes that we had on that block, 150 uh, uh, SWAT team with M-16s pointed at wow. our house. ATF was there, you know, helicopters and a tank. Anaheim has the biggest tank you ever saw. They came And at five in the morning, they shot flash grenades at our front door, which I thought, you know, was the end of the world coming there Mm -hmm. because we're there with my kids and wife and grandchildren and all that kind of stuff. So while I was sitting in the Orange County Jail, I had some time to think. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was Jonah in the whale's belly, that Mm -hmm. story. And so while I was there those three days, uh, I could hear Jesus tell me this. Hey, son, the reason I came to your house, it was me that came here and raided your house. I just wanted to show you how much I love you, mm. but I need to get your attention because you know you're you're going for a wreck. You know you're in, not in a good place. You know you guys riding around like that, thinking you run the streets. Hey, get back to serving me. And so I got out of there, the courts. Two years later, finished off that. They looked, dug up the lawns, and everything like it. We didn't have any drugs, alcohol, weapons, none of that stuff. And so uh, they basically you know spent a million bucks on that raid didn't need to do that like I said but God needed to get my attention and these last 9 years it's been all uphill it's just been one step at a time and doing the right thing making the good choices and now just um trying to teach the story of people like I said how, mm-hmm. you know how to stay high on Jesus you know how to make positive choices how to get along with people how to forgive people cuz I had a lot of you know people did me wrong too so you know I mean I had to learn that whole Process, you know, of learning how to forgive. Now I consider myself a professional forgiver. I work hard at it, seven <laughs> days a week, and uh, still, I guess like I says it's. Um, uh, I have a black sheep crew ministry that I do. Mm-hmm. I've always had to have something that's kind of like a you know breaking the barriers. So I, I do that work with drug addicts every single day. You know, opiate epidemics is huge, man. And I mean, mm-hmm. we we worry it's terrible what ISIS is doing, but that ISIS is happening here, right in Orange County. It's mm-hmm. happening in Hollywood Hills. All the sweetest places, New Hampshire, everywhere in America. So I'm on a real crusade, like I says, really trying to champion the cause of how to help these young people, Mm -hmm. and I do it working with them every day. But it's got to be a new flavor because, like I says, back in the Ronald Reagan days, you know, uh, just say no Mm -hmm. or you know, the D.A.R.E. programs, that none of that stuff is working, you know. You can't scare straight these kids mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Man, it's coming from the rich homes. Now, it isn't the little gang neighborhoods. and It's coming from medicine cabinets from moms that got Adderall in them, got oxycodone in them and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So uh, that's a whole flavor. I'm really going after the young people again, you know, and uh and the Lord part part is a byproduct of it, you know, mm-hmm. forget trying to shove Jesus down anybody. How about just loving them right where they're at, mm-hmm. you know, and really caring about them and, you know, and then giving them some hope because they're just hopeless. So I just go slinging hope all the time now. Mm-hmm. My son, Chill, we just produced a new album for him, like I said, and it's all about hope. You know, it's all about music because mm-hmm. kids love music, yeah. you know, and, and the last thing they want to do is hear some churchy sermon anymore or be put down or be judged or anything like that because it's a whole new world and social media all over it. So I'm just trying to do my little part now, you know, just uh, touching people. And uh, a wise man learns from mistakes, but a wise one learns some mistakes of others. So I'm hoping uh, people can watch my documentary or coming to my program or doing whatever I can do to help out. They can learn from the mistakes I made because, believe me, I've made some of the biggest bad choices you know as a pastor you know Uh as a man of god all that kind of stuff like that you know
0: i i uh as i watched the documentary and then reflecting on everything that i had learned through to research uh you know i i sat there and i thought it it seems like and and i and i probably know the same feeling for myself at times i've had in the past at least where you you kind of develop a thick skin and almost like a a knee jerk reaction to the machine to where you almost go to the opposite end of the extreme in, in almost in a sense of like, I'm still me and I'm going to do me to the nth degree. You know, you
1: got it, brother. You read it. You read it exactly right. That's
0: now. Is that So what I mean is, is because of those experiences with this huge church that came after you and just totally slandered your name and everything else, your ministry, uh, and then being you know pretty much used by network a christian network did you at the end were you so hurt like you're just like you know what i'm just gonna go back to what i know how to be and still try to retain god in this
1: oh yeah yeah you got it exactly right like yeah, I've lived, like right now, I work with organizations. I've got people, like I said, churches. I do a, a lot of stuff, straight stuff, what I call it, you know, conservative stuff. I do that to get along, to play good and stuff. But inside of me, there is a burning fire of uh, I'm doing it my way, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, the the way God made me, you know, chief style, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not needing to do this, any kind of fancy stuff, like I says, I mean, because. You know, what, what I was doing when they came against me was all right stuff I was doing. Good choice, helping people, doing things. And none of them would come and talk to me. I couldn't see the thing. I couldn't get these big pastors to come into the ring with me and let's dialogue, let's talk about it. Yeah. I couldn't get anybody to come fight with me. You know, they talked on the internet. They talked to, through somebody else. None of them would, con- I challenged all of them, come confront me, you name it. All the big boys, all the big boys behind the curtain, everyone, not mm-hmm. one of them would come and talk to me personally. Every one of them were scared to have to deal with the reality of, hey, show me what I'm doing wrong. What what mm-hmm. can I do? How could I help out? So, yeah, that is formed and fashioned a guy who, I love God all the way, like I says. but all the little sideline rules that man is throwing out, I ain't buying any of it. Like I says, don't need any of it. And Things are working out great in my life for that, and I just take every opportunity like this to be able to just share you know, uh, love set freestyle because set free hadn't stopped just last week. A guy named John Gibson, an old singer, mm-hmm. him and his wife just started running in Twin Falls, Idaho, right now. Got another fellow just, you know, local up here in Romaland, just started one last week. We licensed him up. You know, we're still, we're still doing it. It's just more undercover. You know, we're not in the media in that certain sense. And when it comes to the Christian TV and all that stuff, Hey, I learned what it's like. That red light comes on. Hey, praise the Lord. Hey, <laughs> hey, let me tell you, they just slap their wife in the back room and they come. Up. I know how that works now. It's it's, it's, uh, it's a masseuse that, uh, you know, it's, it's it's, that power. It is a machine. And once it gets going, people, like I says mm-hmm. nobody wants to jump off it because it's feeling too good. The ride is feeling too good. But let me tell you, uh, there's a whole lot of weird stuff going on behind the curtain. And I just, Hey
0: no and I, I, but i think the thing is that the for me is the the sense of people need to have their identity you know don't don't get don't have an identity in a religion or in a building yeah. because then what happens when that turns on you oh, yeah. or whatever or kicks you to the curb what what do you have left yeah. are you going to go back to doing drugs or start using them substance abuse cuz you need to numb the pain yeah and maybe there's people out there that have, I mean, they're listening and they're thinking, you know, I've been hurt in church. So
1: more people, hey, the, the, you know, there's more people. Every single young addict I work with had a bad experience with church. You know, mm-hmm. I can understand. That's why I said, you know, going to church, I mean, just watch a podcast. Watch YouTube. That's why people do that now. Like I says, um, any churches that are happening or people that are making it you know, so it's more like a festival or making mm-hmm. it more like it's fun because people have had it, you know, they're tired of getting beat. And, and then, like I says, and all these great. You know, men, women of faith, whatever building stuff, they all fall down. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, God's going to be the hero at the end, you know, so.
0: Or when the founder dies, then everybody goes to court and fights for the building and (laughs) for the networks and the radio stations. Not that there's anyone in Orange County like that. Oh, man. There might be. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I know people personally like that. Like I said, you know, it's uh, that's why I saying behind the curtain. Once you've been behind the curtain, you know, you realize, hey. It's true. What the Bible says, all of sin falls short. From the Pope to, 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 to Pastor Phil, I mean, everybody has done that. That's why they get they get up there and these five things to do this, and it's all good if you do this, all that stuff. Come on, let's just get, get real. You know, mm-hmm. sit down over here, like it says. You know, let's quit asking for money for this. You know, as <laughs> you know, like I said, I tried not to stay mad at anybody, so I want to just move forward and just touch one life at a time but hey that was a scary adventure and i wouldn't want any more part of that
0: i mean i i see that you have made mistakes we all made mistakes yours just happened to be publicized
1: <laughs> yeah picked up you know
0: it wasn't like you know my dirty chonies hanging out there for everybody to see but you i i, I in a way i don't know if this sounds weird but i admire the fact that you're still standing That's. I mean, that you didn't. You're not like a drug overdose because of the crap you've gone through. That you're not in prison because of the pain that people willfully inflicted upon you. I mean, even that book, churches that abuse that had you featured in there. Yeah. That and and I, I owned that book. I don't know if somebody gave it to me or something in college or whatever, but I, I liked in the documentary without spoiling it too much. But they apologized. Yeah, and and even uh, what's this guy? I keep, I keep forgetting his name. Ogden or what's his name? Odin? Odin. Odin. Even him, in in the article that I read, he also now relents on his actions. You know, but he
1: was you know basically the pit bull, right? Oh, he he
0: was sick on you.
1: He was sick on me, and it was dirty because, like I said, he'd never meet with me. Scared, intimidated. That's why I'm saying I'm going. You got to be kidding me. I was doing Lonnie Frisbee's funeral. Lonnie Frisbee in church history, people, if they study it, he was the one with Chuck Smith that made the Jesus People movement happen. That's who got mm-hmm. used. A little hippie guy like this, this guy was used. Before by Greg God. Laurie. Before. He led Greg Glory yep. to the Lord. He <laughs> led Greg Glory to the Lord. Lonnie Frisbee did. Yep. And then he worked with John Wimber and did a vineyard move. This little guy, this little hippie guy was used more than anybody I've known other than Billy Graham in this lifetime. I was doing his funeral. And when I went up to try to talk to Hoden, he ran away. I mean, no, the Chiefs gonna beat them up. I don't have a history for doing that stuff, like I said. But I do have a history for people that are afraid because they've been talking smack about me, <laughs> feeling a little uncomfortable. <laughs> while I'm around, you know. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a heavy one. Anyway,
0: no, right. and, I, and I hope people out there are encouraged, man. That they that they go, man. That uh, they're standing. They're life standing. after. That's it. Yeah. they life after. Yeah, <laughs> It's yeah. not over.
1: Yeah, whatever you've been through, whatever you're going through, and like I says, however people put you down, whatever they've said about you, you know what? There's that. God's got a great society that will rise you up again, and that's exactly what's happened. Like I said, uh, this guy Tim Story, who is my mentor right now, uh, five years ago, uh, you know, my life was okay. It was good and there was stuff like that. My kids were saying, hey, you're 65, retired, and stuff like that. But he started speaking to my life, and I realized there's no age limit. So I came out of retirement, and so for my 70th birthday, I re-upped for another 10 years, till 80 years old mm-hmm. and then I'll think about it when I'm 80 <laughs> but you're absolutely right yeah. thank you for sharing that that means the world to me because like I says it is I'm still standing standing tall for the Lord humbly standing tall for the Lord excited about it and Odin you little rascal out there I'm telling you I, I still want to <laughs> hug you and kiss you right in the lips you know just get you going you know
0: well with that without getting too Bible it reminded me of the story in Acts after Paul's conversion and he goes to hang out with the apostles and uh, Paul being Paul Decides to go out in the corners and argue with people. In his mind, he's probably doing it his way. Right. And they're like, this guy's bringing heat on us. Send him home. Send him away. They send him away. Hmm. And then several times after, in different cities, sometimes you send away at night.
1: Yeah.
0: And And I'm sitting there thinking, that's a human being who you are rejecting. You are not standing for him. But I think he's in good company with the man who spoke in red. Oh yeah, because he didn't hang out at church too much. No, matter no. of fact, if I remember correctly, <laughs> every time he went, it was not good.
1: Yeah, a lot of you know, people wherever he like went, him. wherever he went, it was either a revival or a riot. <laughs> that's exactly well, it.
0: because the machine wanted to, you know, uh, keep things calm. Yeah, and, and the prophet, quo, they yeah. wanted to keep giving the money, and they want. And he's like, no, I, I have a problem with you hurting people. Uh, and so, and it's not to say that you haven't made mistakes because you have, and you've admitted them. And I, I also commend you for that because I'm sitting there going, "Like, man, like people just, most people <laughs> sweep it under the rug, man. They're not going to publicly say it."
1: Oh no, my my wife was telling me, like I said, I go, "Hey, honey, I just, you know, now when anybody, I still meet people in the store, this like that." Some when I, I see them, they go, "Oh, you just got out." They thought from nine years ago I was arrested because it made it look like I was going away for life. You know, I have people wow. go, "You're still alive." Yes, the you know, like I says, "Yeah, grace of God, still standing, still loving, got 23 grandkids." You know, got beautiful family. You know, uh, and more story to to happen in the future. And I think.
0: From what I've seen is like, because you got all tattooed, crazy tattooed.
1: Like you went on a tattoo spree. Yeah, don't do your face. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but was that part of you, like flipping off the establishment of the machine?
1: Yeah. As I look at things and stuff like, yeah, every everything's been part of that. But it's really me. It really is me because, you know, I see a young kid walking down the street with purple, blue hair, mohawk or something like that. And I yell at him, hey, your daddy can't hurt you anymore. You know, what <laughs> I mean, because I know that ninety nine ten percent of those kids walking down the street with that mohawk when they're 18, 19, 20 or 30, they're going to get rid of that. Me, I've never gotten rid of my mohawk, you know, spiritually speaking, that I wear. It's never happened it doesn't matter the darkest time best time time, anything like that no inside of me there's still a fire that like i says uh, god's made only one of me i'm not a copy and i'm not trying to be like anybody else and i love everybody else but i got things to do that i'm just getting ready to unleash here in the future that are going to be that uh let everybody know hey you know i've outlived almost all my enemies now I'm mm-hmm. trying not to make any new ones so i've almost lived out you know i have it's amazing how it's happening, you know, but like I says, it's done a love and now well, you look
0: good though. I mean, you, you, I, I, I when I, <laughs> you know, when I saw the documentary, I'm like, wow, he aged really well.
1: You know, like there's people that just <laughs> life
0: beats the hell
1: out of them. Yeah. And- you can tell when someone, somebody's done that, like I says, but it's, uh, but it's really been, like I uh reading books like The Shack, movies like that, things, you know, that uh, people get controversial by I don't mm. get controversial about nothing. You know, Trump. I love Trump. <laughs> you don't love Trump. Okay. it's I loved Obama. It don't matter. I don't get tripped yeah. out on those little things because I got an agenda. Yeah. I want to fulfill all the things that I can uh-huh. before I go to the big one.
0: Yeah. So you did the documentary. Um, and then you're also, you have the Black Sheep. Is it a recovery rehab? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Or, or both. Or what yeah. is it?
1: Recovery rehab, where people anybody who calls me, I'll help them find a place. I'll get into a place to get off of drugs. And the byproduct, like I says, is we do it, twelve step, God's way, everything. You know, we do everything that I've learned. You know, but the biggest part is just letting somebody know that you care about them. So that's the biggest thing I tell people. Those are the two words that I use: I care. Well, how can I help you? Out?
0: Initially, when I saw it. I think uh, probably my psych classes all came back to me in a bit because I was like, whoa, this looks, this is very different than, it, it's not traditional in the yeah. sense of the way you guys, but you do have a lot of trained staff there. Yeah. Right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's not like just, it's not like a, like maybe a men's home or something where there's just, you know, volunteers. No, we,
1: we have the beans and rice Jesus Christ home. Yeah, we yeah, have yeah. that. You know, but most young people ain't going for that anymore. They got to have their phones and everything like that. So we have the other one now, like I says, where we do relapse prevention. We got therapists, certified counselors, psychologists, mm-hmm. addiction specialists. We use it all. We use it all because the disease, the sin, whatever you want to call it, like I says, is so heavy. You got to call the air force, the army, the green beret, the rangers, the seal team, everything. So I'm, that's what we're doing. Is we're just got a, a good group of us, like I says, and attacking it. The and then teaching parents. You know. Why don't they just stop? You know, mom means well, like I says, or but mom gives them the money to buy the drugs mm-hmm. or the husband, whatever like that. So we're trying to educate the whole family, you know. It's so, like a holistic. Yeah, it's exactly. Everything. Oh, yeah. So you,
0: got, you have that, and then you also have, uh, you, you still have a church or no?
1: Yeah, we do a church in, a uh, separate church in Burbank, mm-hmm. uh, California. And then my son, Chill, is the one I have over there uh, helping, teaching him, raising up to be a pastor over there. And he's got a big music ministry, Chill Aguilar, just doing great music, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I have my son, MJ, who teaches in Anaheim. Mm -hmm. And so he's got a study going on over there, teaches and stuff like that. And then I do a lot of uh, outreaches and things like that still, and still just helping people who want to plant a set-free church. I've got a set-free university. So just... uh, Whatever I can help out with, I'm using all the ministry ministry years that I have experience mm-hmm. to share the good, bad, or ugly, how to help them out in any way. People that want to get involved doing that or people that need personal help or a mom that needs a little education. What should I do with my kid or what should I do with my husband? You name it. I just, I've just i had 40 years of practice experience down in a lot of areas, so we've gotten better at things. You know? so it I,
0: sounds like life skills are also, it's not just like the don't do, don't do oh, this, don't do that. Whether it's a parent or an addict, life skills—how to
1: live—exactly, yeah, exactly. And like I said, I've just had practice now. You know, I got <laughs> five kids. You know, yeah. and I, you know, and they take turns not talking to me. You know, so I mean, it's still life. Always got its. There's always trouble in paradise, but it's it's a good thing.
0: Well, it sounds like also not only the 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 laity or just the, you know the normal civilian, but I think also for leadership. Yeah. people in leadership that they should understand that sometimes if say the board turns on you and all of a sudden you're out of paycheck and or they send you to Oklahoma or, or whatever how do you process and I think you your experience is also valuable in that
1: yeah uh, that you're you're right that because it's just regular life like I used to teach anger management classes I call them just life management classes mm-hmm. you know I mean there's just so many areas to us we have our social part we have our spiritual part we have our physical part uh, how we eat exercise what we do how do we work with our kids i mean it's a ongoing wonderful thing but the cool the cool part of it is it's like you said when in the beginning the show when you get ready to start a podcast well how would i do it if we want to know how to do stuff we can google it up man we can mm-hmm. ask people we'll got to bring people in life before you know you're doing it that's why i'm saying somebody told me uh, my granddaughter seven years old she goes yeah i got a youtube channel i go I'm getting on board. I'm a little <laughs> behind the time. So now I started asking, hey, how do I get on Instagram? You know, I'm you know, i learning yeah. these things. I did Facebook Live two months ago for the first time. I didn't know how to do that stuff, like I said, but I've got to re, re, reboot my mind, you know, this young thinking. And everybody watches... Uh, the thing on a phone now. Mm-hmm. So that whole mentality is so that's, I'm just doing what I can to do so I can get back to reach all these young people because the harvest is always the young old dogs are always harder to teach new tricks. That's a fact. That's yeah. just how it is. So well, you're I, being productive,
0: you know, you're being productive and you still have a purpose. Like I said, yeah, I after can. everything, after everything, <laughs> you know, uh, it's like sometimes you run across an old timer who's like, Oh my, this hurts my, this hurts. And, and, you know. <laughs> And it's like, God, man, why did you even wake up today, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or the ones that, you know, you could tell are, are have some have some battle wounds, but they uh, they keep on trucking. And I think you're one of those. And uh, like I said, I I, uh, I hope people uh, check you out. They can find Where can they find you at?
1: 714-400-4573. 714-400-4573. That's my personal phone
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm a texter that works out bet all the other little things or on facebook phil aguilar P H I L A G U I L A R. I'm i'm pretty good facebook guy uh-huh. now <laughs> so that's the best way is a personal thing people go i can't believe you picked up the phone or i can't believe. hey that's how i deal with things like okay. I says and uh so you,
0: know. you you put all your where you'll be or what's going on yeah. on your facebook yes uh in the documentary which you brought uh, they can check it out on, on
1: set free and let's see setfreefilm.com
0: free uh yes i'd like to thank you for your time
1: hey i love it man on honor being here seriously and i love it man that you're doing what you like to do it's your therapy it's your little gig like that i'm inspired by that this. this is man when i was coming up in the elevator it was a little <laughs> bit trippy but hey i, I love this this yeah. is wonderful you're a good man man and i'm glad you did some research to be able to Know who you're talking to because yeah. I can tell people, I says, hey, at least research it out. There's a, Yeah, I mean, it,
0: to me, it's, uh, you know, I probably didn't experience as much. But, uh, you know, I do have my, my experiences oh, of uh, looking behind the curtain. And uh, at the end of the day, you have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and go, who am I? Am I what these titles or whatever people want to give me? Or am I the person that can truly live? At least what I believe I had a professor at APU and at first I didn't know I go, this guy, how did how is he teaching here at APU in the graduate school? And, uh, he was the most, in my opinion at the time, the most salty person I had ever come Mm. across. And I thought, why are you
1: teaching? What was he teaching?
0: I can't remember, but he was also the editor. Saltiness. (laughs) He was also the editor for Christianity Today. Oh. And he was, you know, Stanford. He went everywhere. Great great man. I ended up, because life taught me what he was teaching. And on the board, every class, it would say action. And then below it, it would say belief. And then he would draw an arrow from the action to the belief. And then from belief to the action. And he would sit there and he would say, I'll tell you what your beliefs are by your action. And I'll tell you your your actions by your belief. He goes, if those two are not in line, you're the worst thing in the Bible, which is a hypocrite. Okay. He goes, one of those has to change either your beliefs or your actions or else you are the worst thing. A hypocrite. Right. It didn't dawn on me till later. And I thought there's a whole lot of things I believe, but I don't know if I truly live. When I see somebody who maybe's done me wrong, or whatever, or if I believe that magically Jesus is going to take us one day, why do I have such a big bank account or whatever, <laughs> or why am I worried about money? Right, something has to change in order for my life to be in sync with my belief system, and that's still something today I think about. If somebody wants to sit there and talk about whatever religion it is, I'm like, man, God bless you, man. I'm, I'm if you can live that. Man, that's awesome. Go for that it. is awesome. I'm not going to argue theological differences. I don't even care. People <laughs> want to talk to me about whatever, and I'm like, you know, I don't give a flip, man. About what you just said, it doesn't. How about you just do one thing that you just said?
1: Yeah, exactly. Everybody's got great ideas could talk. That would
0: be awesome. You know what I mean? How much better your wife or your kids would be with you if you just did instead of busy being busy or trying to achieve and whatever you think you're supposed to. Uh, so to me, it's like, that's what life is now is going, how about I just try to put into practice the things that I do believe Yeah. that in and of itself, and I don't care about anybody's approval, man. It doesn't No, Thank you, man. Cause I know it's worthless. It's, it's like catching the wind. Impossible. That means nothing to me, but if I'm able to do what I can, with my neighbor, with the person I meet, who, people that come here to the show. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't sit here and like, oh man, do you believe in Jesus, brother? Do you know, and you're gonna go to hell? <laughs> Let's dim the lights, you know? <laughs> every head bowed, every eye closed. To me, it's like, that's 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 the production of the machine. But if I can impact people by the way I deal with them, yeah, they come in as a stranger, and as my friend Danny out him, it says they leave a friend. You know, I look at it that way. That's my yeah. biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. In people
1: sit down just like this, breaking bread together. You know, you know that's you know intoxicating. Yeah, it's a I'm high getting to know each other. That's high, you know. Right, and that's the whole thing. Like I said, it's when people are uh, know your cause, you know, and just coming together, you know, it's I love it. No hidden agenda, no agenda. Just come down here. And I actually had
0: no notes. I had to write down the date of the episode.
1: <laughs> I hope we got that right. Yeah.
0: I, I hey, did ask you before we hey, started.
1: I want to thank you. Uh-huh. APU, uh Azusa. Oh yeah, Azusa Pacific. Yeah, I got a sister-in-law as a professor over there now. Yeah. Mm, so yeah. It's a good school. Yeah, they I see they used it for Olympics, something like that, but hey, they're all yeah.
0: yeah, it was a good school. A lot of weird experiences, but good school. Um, but yeah, so thank you for coming. Thank and I you. encourage everybody to check out his documentary, check him out on social media. And uh, that'll wrap up the episode. So I'm here to
1: help. I'm here to help. That's it. If
0: you could tell, if you could say one thing to one person out there struggling, whether it's with depression, anxiety, pain, pills, what's that one thing you would tell them?
1: Number one thing I'd tell you is you got to reach out to somebody. There's somebody that I believe that God's put in all of our lives. Somebody that you know from the store, maybe they're down the street. They live maybe it's a school teacher. maybe it's a one friend that you see that is moving ahead in life, is to reach out. We all need help. It's that lady on that Life Alert commercial. She goes, help, I've fallen <laughs> down and can't get up. <laughs> and they want to sell her something. I, tell, I would tell that lady, move somebody in your house. We all need somebody because we all fall down. So, uh, you know, misery loves company. We can always find victims, mentality people, victimitis and all that stuff. But I, I would say, whatever you're going through, reach out there's somebody close there's somebody does care because i believe god's orchestrated this whole universe like that there's somebody in your life somebody that you might not even realize it but if you think about it hey reach out and say hey could i talk to you you know we got to make that step we got to just be bold enough it's like that first day in that prison cell you know when the guy said hey anybody want to hear about god and i said man i was ripe and ready for the picking so that's my advice for the day
0: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so if you're out there, uh, take Pastor Phil's advice, or the Chief's advice. Yeah,
1: please, thanks.
0: So thank you, Chief. Uh, so that'll wrap up the episode. So remember, you can find us on our website, gentlemenzavenuecom forward slash The LodgeCast, on social media, on Instagram, at LodgeCast, Twitter, at The LodgeCast, iTunes, Google Play, Blurberry. You can find us everywhere. So until next time, be well, my friends.
1: Love it.